0: I don't, know, I don't know if you guys can tell, but I'm a very cozy person. I'm always in some socks, something warm, in a hoodie. It'll be a very rare occasion that you find me in, like, a t-shirt. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm always in something very, very warm because I don't know what my problem is. I'm just... But you know what it is? I went to boarding school when I was... Like, from the age of, like, 10 to, like, 14. So, your girl had to fend for herself. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, I had to fend for myself because it was crazy. It was actually mad. But, yeah. Anyways hey guys welcome and welcome back to the kingdom talk podcast where we let the one who created us be the one to define us this is your girl prophecy beula and today we are back with episode 22 yeah 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 i don't know what's wrong with me today <laughs> I'm Just, i am very happy which I don't know if y'all feel like this, but sometimes you you feel like you're not supposed to be happy. But I'm like, why? Why can I be happy? The joy of the Lord, not my joy. It's not my happiness that I'm, I'm getting my strength from. It's the joy of the Lord. It's the Lord's joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You know what? Joy is void of circumstance. It is consistent through all circumstances it's not because of your circumstances that you're joyful it is despite of your circumstance that you're joyful you know but anyways excuse me today we are back with episode 23 Technically, episode two of the singleness series. And today we're talking about identity and authenticity. Singleness is not your identity, okay? Um, before we start, obviously we got to pray. So we're just going to qu- say a quick prayer and then get started, shall we? Thank you, Holy Spirit, once again for another time we get to sit together and ponder on your word. Lord, I just ask that you enable me, remind me of all the things that I've studied and all the things that you have taught me and poured into my heart to be able to share with your people today. I just ask for an overflow of your presence. I ask for you to pull up a chair and sit here with us. And I just ask, Lord, that as everything flows, may it just pour into their hearts, that the soil of their hearts is fertile, ready to receive and ready to act on your word. Thank you for this beautiful time. Thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for the sun outside. Thank you for the life and the breath that you have poured into our lungs. We thank you once again for all that you are and all that you will continue to be. In Jesus' name, we pray and believe. Amen. Oh, I feel so much more calm. So much better. It's it's, it's just nice to invite God into the room. It's I don't know what it is God is just good I did not lotion my hands So if y'all see My fingers a little ashy Mind your business Mind your business please I did not I was not even thinking about it I was just out here trying to get this word out to y'all But today we're talking about how singleness is not your identity and the first part of your singleness journey. So as I said in the beginning, singleness is not a mistake. It's not a coincidence. You're not single by mistake. A lot of people think that that's the case, but hold on. You know what? Holy Spirit. Okay. Let me check. Y'all don't have to bear with me because I'm new to this, okay? But let me check if I'm recording just to make sure I'm recording, and then we're gonna be back because I don't know why I'm feeling like I'm not recording. But let's check, let's check, let's check. We are recording. Okay, I'm gonna go back to my seat. All right. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm just gotta make sure it's working you know what I'm saying I gotta make sure it's working but yeah people think that being single is by accident and the world has perpetuated that mainstream media has told us that it's basically a mistake to be single everybody says that it's weird it's boring oh that is a boring part I feel like people who say singleness is boring are just not ready to face themselves because if you're if you cannot be by yourself that's a problem because you're running away from something right but you're not even giving yourself the opportunity to sit down and to settle for you to realize that you're running away from yourself right and so this is why I had to make this series because I just I've seen I'm seeing the deficiency like we're not able to connect our singleness, se- our singleness season to God's purpose for us or God's destiny for us. At least most aren't, right? In this season now, I'm seeing there's a lot of youth, a lot of young people who are starting to do it. But the truth is, for a very long time, a lot of people didn't. Like, we didn't know how to connect it. Singleness was an awkward stage, right? And so going into my first point, One of the things that I realized about singleness is that the first thing that it taught me was who I am. When I decided to be intentionally single, that's when I really started to become aware of who I am, become aware of my identity. I started to become aware of my worth because I was actually taking the time to get to know myself. So the number one purpose of your singleness is to become aware of your identity. The number one reason for your singleness purpose is to find you, right? A lot of people think it's, well, not a lot of people, but I mean, it is. It, some singleness seasons are to serve God, you know, and, and that is a purpose. Our life shouldn't be our our seasons shouldn't be this season I'm serving God this season I'm not serving God it should be a lifestyle to serve God right but what I'm trying to get at is ooh I don't know if I should say this but there's a lot of single people single young people who are rushing to be on the spotlight um and I don't blame them you know once you're saved and transformed you just want to tell people about Jesus but you will miss God if you're trying to get to the spotlight more than you're investing in him. And you will miss what he's trying to do in you if your main concern is to be known. So what I realized when God was moving in me and transforming, in, transforming me in my singleness was that I had to learn and be okay with not being seen. I had to learn and be okay with not being acknowledged and this is this is this is the big one i had to learn and be okay with being misunderstood 99.9% of the time until you're okay with being misunderstood by people it's going to be hard for you to put out the message it's going to be hard for you to to tell someone something because you're fixated you're focusing on how are they going to receive it they're going to are, are they going to misunderstand me and that's a normal thing it's 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 good to be sensitive it's good to be sensitive right but there's things that are beyond your capacity and there's things that should not be any of your concern and so i feel that the first things that god has to do is to rid you of that people pleasing to rid you of that validation too i said y'all my accent is a little different sometimes i talk like i'm from i'm from the usa sometimes i talk like i'm from uk sometimes i talk like i'm from kenya so just bear with me my words are low iffy <laughs> Ooh, that rhymes <laughs> but he has to rid your you he has to read you of that validation seeking from external sources that are not of him right where he has to make you begin to look in you for answers and not outside and so that's what i first realized is we have to be rooted in our identity first before we can even ask god to use us right and if god uses you and you're still in the process of being being renewed in your identity that's a whole different case because god knows what he's doing you know what i'm saying god knows what he's doing so if he if he does something he's already thought about it he's detailed he's intentional i'm not talking about that i'm talking about the fire that you have right when you come to christ there's this this transformation that happens and you start to have this fire but that fire can quickly burn out and quickly turn off when you you are not being when you're not being sensitive to what god is trying to tell you and how god is directing you i had learned um i heard somewhere actually at church um, there's two things we should be sensitive to when it comes to the Holy Spirit and he's leading, the pace of the Holy Spirit and the direction of the Holy Spirit. And he couldn't have said it better because when God wants to move in you, he's not rushing. And this is the part that y'all do not want to hear because we see so many success stories like, oh, yeah, he went in and, and two years. He was like doing this and, you know, he he got born again in two years. He was like and then like one year later, he was on the pulpit and then boom, success, boom, money, boom, you know, influence. <laughs> A lot of the people that we see. Have been processed for 10 years and more. The people who have been processed for a lesser time, in my opinion, I'm not saying they are any, any less at all. I'm saying, and this is a part that is very important for you to hear, I'm saying that the people who it takes less time to, and I may be wrong, less time to um, process are the people who are obedient. Y'all, for you, to take less time in your pruning, hidden season, be more obedient. Grow in closer intimacy to Christ. And I promise you, it won't take you 10 years. The reason why it takes a lot of people 20, 30, 40, 50 years, right, to get to where God wants them to get to is because they're not obedient and they're not sensitive to the direction and the pace of the Holy Spirit. They're rushing, they're rushing, right? And I can argue this is probably what happened in the Bible, right? When you think about the Israelites who were in the wilderness for 40 years. My guy, that was an 11-day journey. It took them 40 years to get there. How crazy is that? Why? Because of their lack of obedience and their lack of willingness to be renewed, to be pruned in the hidden season when no one where no one is looking for you. Where no one is, is checking for you, where you'll put out something and it's not getting views. Y'all don't want to talk about that, huh? You put something out, it's not getting views. Why? You're still being processed. Because when God allows everything to happen, it will be in its fullness. And God is a God of perfection. He's a God of intentionality so if he's not doing something the way you think it should be done then you need to yield to his will so that you can be at rest in and of yourself and be at peace because we don't we don't even realize that most of us are robbed so much we're robbed of our joy we're robbed of our peace simply because we do not know who we are in Christ. You would not be worrying about half of the things you're worrying about now if you knew who you were in Christ. When God tells you that I've seated you in heavenly places, what does that mean? Your spirit is up there. And here you are worrying about a job. Here you are worrying about gas. Instead of worrying about it, ask God, what do you think I should do now? What is your leading? What are you telling me in this moment? The more you yield to what God is doing in the practical, mundane things that feel like they're never going to transform, the more you start to see the revelation in those practical and mundane things. And the more your behavior will change in those practical and mundane things. And when your behavior changes in small things, guess what? It's going to change in the big things. That's why God says, I cannot trust you with more if I've given you little and you're not making use of it. Before I give you more, I have to trust you with the little. And this is very evident in my life, too. There's things God has given me, and I'm like, God, I want more, I want more. He's like, what about what I just gave you? What about what I just gave you? Are you stewarding that well, right? And so most of the problems we face are identity problems, if not all the problems we face. The reason why we have so many issues it's because we actually don't know who we are in Christ. When we become aware of, number one, our worth, our identity, and our authenticity in Christ, I am telling you, even the hardest of seasons, God is going to strengthen you, and your mind and your heart is going to be renewed. I don't care who you lost. God is going to renew you. He's going to be present. It's going to be such a close intimacy that you feel like he's right there right next to you in every and I'm not talking about just like when you're praying I'm not talking about when you're just you know when you set a time when you set time aside for God I'm talking about in every moment you feel him you're able to sense his sensitivity you're able to know where he's leading you in Genesis 1 verse 26. It says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea. And it goes on, it goes on, it goes on. But the part that I want to focus on is, God, let, God. then God said, let us make mankind in our own image and likeness. Image. And likeness. What does that mean? Where does our identity come from? Not to be made in the image and likeness of God is to be made in the image of God in their moral, spiritual, and intellectual nature. Our identity is from God. What does that mean? If God is kind, I'm kind. If God is patient, I'm patient. If God is loving, I'm loving. If God is compassionate, I'm compassionate. You get it? Do y'all get my drift? If God is persevering, I'm persevering. When I talk about persevering. I'm talking about Jesus, right? Because he persevered. We are to be Christ-like. Our image, our identity I'm saying it with the TT so y'all can really see the emphasis of what I'm trying to say. The identity of who we are is rooted. It just doesn't come from, right? It is rooted in God, in the creator of the universe. Why? Because we have been made in the image and likeness of him. What does that mean? Our moral, intellectual, and spiritual nature are that of Christ. But what the enemy has done, he has tricked us into never becoming aware that we have been made in the image and likeness of God. What has he done? He's made us put our identity in other things. He's made us put our identity in in getting girls and getting tattoos and looking like what society wants us to look like and and doing all of these things. He's, He's put our identity in our ability to... To be attractive, my God! Some, y'all, <laughs> he's put our identity in the gym. Some of us, our identity is in, is in the gym. If the, if we start going, to, if we stopped going to the gym, we would not know who we are, and that is a problem. That is a problem. If your identity is in your ability to socialize with people, to be the extrovert, to be the life of the party? Who are you when they're gone? Who are you when you're not the funny guy? Who are you when you're not the pretty babe? Just walking around, fine babe. We know you're a fine babe, but do you know who you are? Do we actually know who we are? The reason why a lot of us are depressed We have anxiety. We struggle with things that were not even supposed to be on our radar. Our radar. Let me say that correctly. It's because we don't know who we are in Christ. Why don't we know who we are in Christ? We haven't taken the time to sit with God and ourselves to ask, who am I, God? We are so busy. In school, getting a degree so that you can go into a job, so you can live that job for the rest of your life. Never, ever asking God, What did you want me to do with my life, God? And so you will live a mediocre life. I don't care if you're a doctor. If God didn't call you to be a doctor, that's mediocre. I don't care if you're getting 160K a year. Success is not money, success is obedience success is not the money that you have some of us have our identity in money if you don't have money in our account we're stressing yo i could have zero dollars i'm not finna stress about nothing why because i know who i am and i'm not sitting here i'm not sitting here saying i'm perfect nobody is i have my weaknesses we all do but I just cannot let money bother me. I refuse to let money bother me. There's so many, when I look back at my life, there's so many things, so many seasons, so many circumstances that I, we should have not been having food. Even when we first, and I'm going to talk about my testimony later, but even when, we first, when we, even when we first came to Canada, we lived in a shelter for about seven months, right? And y'all, I was living my best life. We didn't have money to our name, but guess what? They would give us $400 gift cards to go shopping. I was like, man, I'm not even tripping. I got clothes on my back, my hair done, because I used to do these these cul-kit. If you know what cul-kit is, it's like these rollers on your hair. I used to do it at home, okay? Just get some blow dryer, get some rollers, (laughs) and put on your hair. I look good, you know what I'm saying? I felt like I looked good all the time. I had style or so I thought, and I was living my best life. I didn't have money to my account. But when I look back at that season, we didn't have money, but we still had provision. Some of us, God is waiting for us to stop working at things with our own strength so that he can provide for us. I always think that if we're struggling in something, we should ask God if we're even doing the right thing in the first place. Because if God is really who God says he is, if he, if he is a God of peace, a God of rest, he doesn't want you to struggle. He wants you to be at rest. The reason why some of us are not at rest is because we're struggling in things that God has not approved of. He hasn't given us permission to do that thing. And that's why it's so hard for you to do it. Some of us are put our identity in singleness. This is the part that I wanted to talk about. I've seen a lot of people who say, "Oh, I love being alone. Right? I don't mind being alone. I can be alone for a." But obviously, I don't want to. I don't want to be alone for the rest of my life. I Want to get a husband? I want to get married. Some people, I don't want to get married. I want to, you know, go go and do my job. And you are you have the right to anything you want to do. It's your life, right? But remember, you have to be accountable to everything that you do. Your decisions have consequences. That's just a side note, right? But some of us have put our identity in being single. We have become masters at being alone. I'm not saying we've become masters at being single. I've said we've become masters at being alone. What does that mean? Some of us are happy that we're single because we truly, we really, uh, really, truly True love scares us. And some of us are so happy being alone. I'm not saying single, because single is a whole different aspect. But some of us have become masters of be- at being alone because we have our guard up. We are so scared that we we fully open up ourselves to someone in our full vulnerability, number one, we're weak. And number two, that that person will reject who we are truly behind everything that we wear, the smile that we put on, the mask that we wear in different situations, we're so scared that if I actually show him who I really am, that I really am like this, that that he will reject me, that she will reject me. And so what do we do? We're afraid of commitment. True love scares us. Why? Because it requires for us, to be fully vulnerable to be fully naked so you're not happy being single you're just a master of being alone because you truly don't know how to open up you truly don't know how to (sighs) face yourself you don't want the accountability you don't want the responsibility And I always say, for me, I don't know what marriage is like. And I've listened to a lot of people, a lot of successfully married couples, and I keep hearing the same thing. Your spouse is going to be a mirror of who you are. So if you're more like that, they're going to evaluate more of that. They're going to validate more of that characteristic, right? For example, if the man is a leader of the household, right, and this man <laughs> and this man is insensitive then the woman is going to start being insensitive she's following your lead and this is why i say for men i i understand that men are not emotionally wired like women are but that doesn't matter <laughs> that doesn't matter in your singleness season cuz guess what you're the only one accountable for that you're the only one accountable for that. Yes, you grew up in a toxic environment, like I said in the last episode. Yes, you 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 went through all that stuff, abuse. And how old are you now? You're grown. Get a therapist. Get intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Invest in you. You don't have an excuse. A lot of us want to wallow. I I could have been the person to wallow. In my, oh, I'm never enough, I'm never gonna be worthy. Like, I could have been, because guess what? I was raised in a very abusive home with an abusive and a manipulative father who groomed me. Right? There are things that he would say that wouldn't make sense to me. There are ways that he would look at me that messed me up. I could have been the billboard of saying, I. Uh, I can't make every, any friends because, you know, I, it's hard for me to open up to people and I am just I don't know how to be vulnerable. You know, I'm sensitive and I don't die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, 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 cool. I'm grown now. There's nobody I can blame for my inability to be responsible for my emotional intelligence. There's no one around me to blame. I'm grown. When I was a teenager, I could say that, sure. But I am a grown woman now. You're a grown man. You're a grown woman. If you want change in your life, you have to change you. And I'm not even saying therapy is expensive because it's not. Right? If you're working and you have a stable job, with the right budgeting and the right money, smart money moves, you can have a therapist. And I'm I'm going to give you a plug right now. So you don't have any excuse, okay? I use BetterHelp, right? BetterHelp is a online therapy platform, right? It's not in person. But I use it because I'm still a student, right? And they have cheaper stuff for t- students. So if you're working right now in the summer and you're really serious about this, take something out of your life. Like if, if you are heavy into subscriptions, remove one sub have one subscription for like Netflix take all the other things out look at where your money is going right because for better help it's 67 dollars a week for me right that's 250 that's like 67 times four that's like 250 right actually no it's not 67 it's 60 dollars so 60 times 4 24 I pay about 250 a month right for my therapy. And if I'm in this if I'm earning a lot of money during the summer, that's like how much is that? That's not a lot, right? If I'm earning like 2k in a month because I'm working full time, then I can just 250 goes to my therapy, right? I'm I'm talking about in the summer. In the winter, save your money up. If you're really serious about knowing who you are, if you're really serious about understanding who God has called you to be, if you're really serious about investing in you and self-actualization, you have to sacrifice to putting the work in you. But if you're not, I can't can't hold you to that. It's your life. But you can't blame anyone when that person comes into your life and you self-sabotage. Because you did not take the time to work on you while you still had the chance. But BetterHelp is $60 a week for me to $50 a month. And I'm living my best life. I have access to my therapist 24-7. Okay? And we have one video session every week. And I wouldn't have it any other way, to be honest with y'all. But you, we need therapy. You need therapy. And I'm not saying that because you're crazy. I'm saying it because, babes, you need help. We all do. But if you never take the time to feel, to, 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 to see yourself as worth greatness, as someone worth of true love, you will never truly invest in yourself. So some of us, you know, we have our guard up. We're scared that if someone really saw the true us underneath everything, That they will reject us. So it's not that we don't care. It's just that we pretend not to care. So a lot of us say, oh, I don't care what people think. But you do. And I'm not saying you should care what people think. What I am saying is you should care about the perception that you put out. Meaning how you dress, how you talk, how you treat people. Right? Your listening skills. Your communication. Right? Your confidence. Your ability to be humble in certain environments. Right. And so. A lot of us just because we don't know how to we we don't we've never looked at the vulnerable parts of us, we have never looked at who we are um, and we've never taken the time to really understand ourselves and who God has made us to be. We we go for the easy, easy way out. Which is actually a lack of accountability, saying, I don't care what people think. I'm going to do what I want to do. But the truth is, you do care. You're just pretending not to care because you're trying to avoid accountability. Right? In Isaiah... Oh. So so we, so we, it's not that we don't care. It's just that we pretend not to care. But you cannot have identity without authenticity. Authenticity is the good, the bad, and everything in between. Right? So you cannot... Be who God has called you to be if you're not ready to look at all the good, all the bad, and everything be- in between in you. That's the authenticity. You, they have to both go together, right? And in Isaiah 64, verse 8, it says, Yet you, Lord, are for our, our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are the work of your hand. And so your authenticity, your quirkiness, your awkwardness, your goofiness, um, your humor, your ability to maneuver situations, your personality, right? Your personality has been molded by God. You know, and so when we come to Christ, there has to be a transformation because you have to separate your experience from how it has affected your personality because some of us, we don't realize that our experiences and our childhood, what we've gone through has affected our personality and is slow, it's It's unconsciously embedded. Um, and so we act out from our subconscious mind instead of our conscious mind. I actually did my research and I think it's around 85%. We operate from 85% I think it's between the range of 80 to 90%. We operate from 90% of our subconscious and 10% from our conscious. I'm just estimating, right, approximately. And that scared me because that means that there's a lot of things that I'm not even aware of about me. And so I'm lacking self-awareness, right? There's things that we don't know about ourselves because we're acting, even our emotions, our ability to do things. We don't even realize that that's, that, that is our subconscious influencing our conscious mind to act in that way, right? Some of us get so angry and we cannot talk about it. And we're, on, we're wondering, why was I so angry? It's because your subconscious is influencing your conscious. We're not able to separate Our subconscious from our our conscious and what what healing does for you, what taking time to invest in you does for you. It enables you to be aware of your conscious and your subconscious. So when you're in a situation that you by default, let's say you get very angry in that situation, you're able to have that emotional intelligence and be like, okay, My default is to be very angry, but I'm unlearning some things. So what should I do now? change okay I'm going to be more attentive to what I'm going to listen to hear and not listen to respond what are you telling me I'm going to be able to hear what you're saying without being offended without making it personal without personalizing what you're telling me that is emotional intelligence but we're never going to take the time to have that if we're not investing in ourselves right and I'm going to add this you don't even need a therapist to have emotional intelligence what you need is the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that he is a wonderful counselor. He counsels you, meaning he is a therapist. Okay? But we will never get to the point of God being a therapy, a therapist to us if we don't even give him the time and giving our full submission. The reason why a lot of people are still acting out from your subconscious and you're not aware is because the Holy Spirit is not sensitive to you, right? And the the Holy Spirit is not sensitive to you because you have not taken the time to build intimacy with him. It is a process with the Holy Spirit. It's not like a one, two, three, okay, cool. No, it is a continual process, identity. So, wait, before I go into identity. So, our authenticity, who we are, uniquely was molded by God. Isaiah 64 verse 8. Now we're going to go to identity. Philippians 1 verse 6. Being confident in this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Until the day Christ comes back. Right? I picked this verse because in the process of us growing and finding our identity in Christ, we become very hard on ourselves. Especially if... God, if you're taking the time to know God and he's making you aware of things and he's allowing you and helping you to change some things, we can be so hard on ourselves for not getting this right. And I should have known better, but I didn't do better. But what I'm learning is that we have to start seeing the good in what is unfinished. We have to start seeing the good in what is unfinished. Right? I'm unfinished. My identity is unfinished. I haven't fully come to the full awareness of who I am. I know who I am, right? But I'm still growing into it. I'm still unlearning and I'm still unlearning and growing into it. God started transformation in you, and he's not gonna stop. He is not gonna stop until he is done. That is, if you allow him. I've always wondered, and I'm gonna say this and come to an end. I've always wondered people who have been in the church for a very, very long time, right? Older generations. A lot of them have very childlike emotional attitudes. And I'm not even saying that to be offensive. That's just what I've seen, right? They're like very petty, like they're gossiping. You know, it's things that are childish. It's childlike, immature, emotional behavior, right? And I was like, okay, God, like, like, why is it that there's people who are high and sensitive, high in intelligence, emotional intelligence and sensitive and self-aware and able to control themselves. And because of your help, they're able to, you know, be better human beings to other people and become who you want them to become. And why is it that there's other people who are petty and childlike and calling you names like your, are like your kids? But these people are like 40, 50 years old, 30 years old. Right. Why is it that people will, will put verses on and, and not even true the see the true revelation of what you're saying in that verse? Like, why is it that, that people are not becoming they're not growing into who you've called them to be? And God told me it's because they won't let me transform the inner parts of them. They won't let me help them unlearn things that they have known so that they can learn me and learn how I move so that they can be like me. So you can be and walk with God for 50 years and never be self-aware because you pick and choose what you think is God and what you think is not And that's why I say a lot of people who are, who are like that. I don't think they know God. God knows you, but you don't know God. And on Judgment Day, when when the time comes, he's going to ask you, I knew you, but you did not know me. He's going to tell you, I don't know you. Because to be known by God, he has to know you and you have to know him. And knowing is not just, okay, I know who she is. It's, It's the innermost part of your being. So we are made in the image and likeness of God. And... Our authenticity was molded by him. When you start to learn who you are in Christ, you will begin to unlearn who you were before him. So you need to allow him to renew your mind. You need to allow him to renew your mind. Before, sorry, before wait, wait, wait. when you start to learn who you are in Christ, you will begin to unlearn. 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 If anything doesn't stick with you today, let this stick with you. Unlearning things. That is the first step. And how do we unlearn? Through healing. Through taking the time to be intentionally single. You're not talking to nobody. You're not flirting with nobody. You ain't talking with nobody in the doubt. Like, you are not doing none of those things. You have taken the time to let your phone be dry. Like the Sahara Desert. Let your phone be dry so that you can actually hear God. Sometimes we need to drown out the world to hear the voice of God because it is so it is so soft and still and quiet that if you don't quiet yourself, you will never hear God. You won't. In Romans 12, verse 2, I'm going to open that, and we are going to be done for the day. But... um in Romans I think it's really important. Like I th- I don't even I never knew that going on this journey to be intentionally single will get me here y'all. Like that's just the goodness of God, right? You think okay, I'm just going to be self-aware and learn who I am and then boom, he gives you something that no eye has seen, no ear has heard. Like the things that God if we're just obedient to the voice of God, we would be so happy with the end result, right? Like when he tells you to follow him, he knows what he's doing and he loves you. And yes, it'll be painful, very painful. But that pain is testing you because if if that thing, if if God allows the enemy to bring things to test you, right, that perseverance is built, right? We talked about this in Romans, um, in James 1 verse 1 to 2. Why is God telling me to be happy and to, to count it joy, right, to be joyful in things that make absolutely no sense? It's because he's trying to, to to shift us from living in the flesh to living in the spirit because your spirit is not affected by the outside world. It is affected by what's inside. And as long as you're feeding yourself on the inside, as long as you're acting out life from your internal being, you will be happy. You will have joy. You will have peace because it's not dependent on what is happening around you. It is dependent on your feeding and your sensitivity and intimacy with Christ. Full dependency. Submission requires full dependency. Romans 12 verse 2, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. I'm going to say that again. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. For you to be transformed, you have to allow God to renew your mind. How do I allow God to renew my mind? I give him the time. I allow him into my brokenness. Just saying a prayer like, Holy Spirit, I give you access to my brokenness. That is a very powerful prayer. Because sometimes we are so broken and God just watches us cry. And he's like, he can't do anything because you haven't given him access. He can only comfort you. But when you say, Holy Spirit, God, I give you access to my brokenness. Because we are broken. When you say that, everything changes. And you're going to start. I, y'all, I'm telling you, you can pray some dangerous prayers. Like, there's a time I prayed, Holy Spirit, prune prune me, prune me, prune me. Y'all. <laughs> hey, I was crying in the morning. Morning devotion. I was bawling. Because it was painful. Because he started Uncovering some things in me, and I was like, "Dang, I didn't, I didn't want to talk about that." Like, we could talk about everything else, but the truth is, God cares about the smallest things that you don't even pay attention to, that are embedded, literally just sitting there in your heart. He cares about the smallest of things. That I'm like, I don't even want to talk about it. I don't want to address it, but that's why we have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because sometimes He's gonna ask us to do things that seem off quick example before we leave i have had this thing in my heart i'm not gonna say what it is (laughs) i gotta keep i can't tell y'all everything um and it's been in my heart for a long time small part of my heart i've known it's there but i've just never talked about it because i was always like oh that's the enemy trying to make me confess something and then that's going to result in this and this and this like like god like no and then i asked god why do you keep bringing this up and when i was praying with my mentor the other day i was asking god like okay like what do you want to tell me and he's like that thing in your heart i need you to i need you to open it up I need you to 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 give more attention to that. I'm like, I don't want to give it attention. It's just, that's the devil, God. He's trying to he's trying to make me confess it so that I don't receive my blessing. And the more that I was quieted, the more that I humbled myself, the more that I heard him loud and clear. He's like, we need to address that. It's not as small as you think. And y'all, I am not kidding y'all. I have been bawling for like the past week about this thing it's been so painful and having realized how much pain and anger was behind that small thing because when i finally addressed it this wave it's like something was just sitting there in my heart never never have been released right and when i addressed it this wave of pain this wave of hurt just came out and i knew i was like god you know what you're doing I had to grieve and I'm still grieving it. Right? Cuz he's like you had it in there but you hadn't grieved it. And you thought it was the devil but it was just you. <laughs> and the devil was using that because he was he was he he well I don't think the enemy knew it was there but he knew that there was something that you wouldn't address. Right? So trust God cuz he knows you better than you know yourself. And when you take the time, when you give God all your time, he gives you all his time. Oof, I don't know if y'all can hear what I'm saying, if I need to say it louder. If you, give, if you give God all your time, he gives you all his time. He literally says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. With that being said, we are done for today. I have nothing else to say except for the fact that God is good. Listen, thank y'all for bearing with me (laughs) this whole time and being so supportive and so loving. I am so grateful for this platform. Honestly, it's not even mine, it's God's. And I am just here to be transformed as you're being transformed. And hey, interact a little bit. If you're listening from apple podcasts or spotify podcasts or youtube comment leave a comment right like leave a like right or if i'm asking a question like how was it give me something okay um i would love to hear from you guys it would be an honor to hear from y'all and i will see you guys next week bye love y'all